This podcast is recorded on stolen and unceded Aboriginal land. We acknowledge the First Nations and elders of this country and we join their calls for justice. I'm delivering a flag to Samantha Ratner, leader of the Greens, because it's most important that everybody has a flag to celebrate Australia Day tomorrow. And I'm very sure that the Greens don't have a ready supply of Australian flags, so I think it's most important that the leader of the Greens has an Australian flag. Let's just see if she's home. I don't think she is home. But anyway, Samantha, here's your flag. Happy Australia Day. This Liberal MP's first time door knocking. (laughs) 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 Terrified. Terrified someone might actually be behind the door, like the way that she just kind of, it's the meekest little knock. And she's like, oh, no one's home. Run. Like basically ding-dong ditch, chuck an Australian flag there. She's like trick or treating with the Australian flag, or like leaving yes. a bag of dog shit on yeah. <laughs> Samantha Ratnam's. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Full credit to Samantha Ratnam who quote tweeted this post from Bev saying, "Thanks, <laughs> Bev. Painful watch," <laughs> which I think is yeah very nicely done. Isn't this like a tradition that happens every year now? Conservatives just assume that the Greens don't have enough Australian flags. I mean, they're probably right. We've got some issues with the Australian flag and what it represents and waving it on Australia Day. But they then choose to deliver that to various Greens MPs ahead of the uh, Jan 26th. I mean, in so much as Conservatives love to pretend that things have been tradition for much longer than they have, sure. Yes, true. Um, Yeah. They did it last year. Like, I think trying to deliver Australian flags to Greens MPs offices, they did it uh, at Elizabeth Watson Brown's office. Yeah, I guess just, 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 you know, just love triggering triggering the libs. Got us so good. I'm guessing the Victorian Greens don't have a ready supply of Australian flags, so I tried to drop one off at their leader's office today. First, first of all, like, I assume they're all on holidays. Like, why are you even in I know. there at this point? I know. Sort of but she hashtag it, hashtag Happy Australia Day, hashtag Australian flag, hashtag Australia, hashtag Australia Day 26 Jan. <laughs> mm, yeah. I love browsing the what was the hashtag Australian flag? I love just yeah browsing that hashtag. Lots of good content on there. Love it. Love to see it. I gotta say, I spent my January twenty sixth hanging out with my Aboriginal boyfriend, you know, and having oh my sex. God, here so we go. Rec- reconciliation, hey, action, etc. Yeah, reparations. <laughs> you know. Good stuff. Mm. Anyway, we spent around your neck of the woods, sort of, Mullumbimby and yeah. the Northern Rivers and a bit of the Gold Coast as well. And way more Australian flags that I would have expected in the Mullum area. We drove past one oh, house. Really? It looked like they were selling merch. It looked like they'd <laughs> fucking raided Coles for all the Australian merch in the store and whacked it out mm. the front of the house. They well, maybe, it. I mean, people people forget that it's not that long ago that Mullum was primarily like a rural, like it was like a an agricultural town, you know, a dairy kind of town. Right. Uh, and I think there are still some remnants of that who probably are like, fuck yes, I want to fly the Australian flag. Um, I went and saw, you know, quintessential emo band Hawthorne Heights last night and the singer said, Happy Australia Day. And the whole room cheered. And I was like, oh, that's oh. interesting. Oh. I guess the emos aren't the emos aren't woke. God damn. <laughs> I mean, it's, and I was talking about this with my boyfriend. When I see an Australian flag being waved or, or displayed or whatever, I don't, it is very hard in the current context, particularly in the wake of the referendum, to not read it as a 
as a fuck you, you, right? Yeah. I can believe in previous years it was much more about a level of ignorance, you know, you're growing up with the whole nationalist uh, propaganda, sort of fair enough. But these days it really feels much more like look at it, fucking look at it, you little woke soy boy cuck. I think the exception is when I see people who clearly aren't Australian doing it. Right, Like visitors, tourists, um, even and maybe even sometimes like new migrants. Right. Yeah, I feel like that's the exception because oh, kind of well, you think different. new migrants and people of color aren't real Australians? That's interesting, Emerald. Oh wow, God, that's yeah. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking got it. These people, these greens, they are snake oil salesmen. They're a bunch of breath bags and a bunch of idiots, and I got no time for them whatsoever. <laughs> if you want the dole for life, free marijuana, vote greens. They want to destroy the social fabric of society. We're stuck with the hosts of Chapo Shithouse Podcast. All right, I'm not going to move on and give you a chance to defend yourself. This is Serious Danger, a podcast about green politics in Australia. Um, I hope that January 26 was good for you, slash you, you found solidarity with other people, you marked the day of mourning, and you recommitted to the fight against colonialism and oppression, etc. Yes. This is not official Greens Party podcast. It was It's made possible with the help of the Green Institute and produced by Michael Griffin. Uh, wow. Holy shit. What a week. What a okay. week. Things were quiet and now they're not. <laughs> I know, we're straight back. Like normally, prior to January twenty six, things are very quiet, and we're struggling to find anything to talk about. But this week, not so much. Scott Morrison is gone. We won, Emerald. We defeated him. We did it. I. Well, maybe this is giving ahead slightly, but just a note: like we have been very prescient because we, uh, we, and this is me plugging the Patreon as well. You should sign up to become a patron. It's just three bucks a month. But we recorded an episode. That's like a review of the Sky News documentary on the Liberals in Power and goes a lot into Scott Morrison's kind of, you know, tenure. Uh, and then mm. he fucking announces that he's leaving Parliament. So we've got a, you know, a Scott Morrison obituary ready to go um, coming out later this week for folks who want to listen, just FYI. Yeah. <laughs> but he's gone. He's being punished for all these crimes by getting a, mm. what, $600,000 a year job at some kind of defence contractor. Impeached. So yeah. another victory <laughs> for the left. <laughs> Uh, Trump won the New Hampshire primary, uh, Republican primary. He's almost certainly definitely going to be the nominee for the Republican Party and on all the polls suggest that he will defeat Joe Biden, but I guess we'll wait and see on that front. But certainly a second Trump presidency is fully likely. Great. Um, the ABC's imploding it on fire. They've yeah. got a new chair. This Kim William guy from uh, uh, News Corp who I did, he was on my Q&A panel uh, oh. one year I did in Adelaide. He's got funny little glasses. Okay. Uh, did the National Day on the invasion of uh, the anniversary of colonial invasion and colonization. And just breaking the morning we're recording this, mm. the International Court of Justice handed down its ruling on Israel's war on Gaza. And sort of everyone is spinning this the way they want it to be, of course. They mm. stopped short of calling for a ceasefire, but they did order Israel to prevent genocidal acts and incitement to genocide, which is good advice for everyone, I would argue. Yeah. Like we should all be doing everything we can. Mm. <laughs> to uh, stop that going on and to take immediate and effective steps to ensure the provision of humanitarian assistance to civilians in Gaza. So, I mean, you know, there is, it's the court saying there is credible evidence that a genocide might be going on right now in Gaza. They'll make the determination of that, you know, a couple of years down the track. But basically they said, Israel, cut it out. We're watching you. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to get some clear direction on whether genocide is good or not and should happen (laughs) or not. Um, It's hard to decide. It's hard to decide sometimes. But. On top of all that, 
For this episode, we are dedicating the show to the big political story of the week. The Albanese government's announced changes to the stage three tax cuts. Are they kind of good? Have they broken a promise? Mm. Is it because of the Greens? You're welcome. Is it because of our podcast last week (laughs) talking about it? Who can say? I don't know. Some theories. We'll answer these questions and more. Big thank you to our patrons who have signed up, patreon.com forward slash seriousdanjau. Thanks for supporting the show. Aiden, Lachlan, Gary, Paul, Gareth, and Josephine, we love you very much. If you don't want to chip in money to the patron, but you want to support the show, do us a favor. Give us a five-star review on your podcasting app, please. Stop what you're doing now. Just give us five stars. Leave a little comment. That would be really great. It does help spread the show. Helps um, get it out there. Some losers have been giving us one-star reviews, Emerald. Can you believe this? What the fuck? I wish you hadn't even told me this. This is going to keep me up at night. Kaza29 said, woke lefty trash. Puff skull. Puff skull because the brain is terrible. Terrible stuff. Terrible stuff. And CJW wrote, trepanning does exist in podcast form. Have you ever heard of trepanning? Oh, trepanation. Trepanation? Is that what it is? Trepanation? Trepanation or trepanation. I see is also known as trepanning. Yes, also known as burr holing, is one of the oldest surgical procedures known to humanity and refers to a surgical procedure in which a circular piece of bone is drilled and excised, most commonly from the human skull. That's pretty funny, to be fair. <laughs> it's very funny, isn't it? But also, how does that relate to Puff Skull? Is Puff Skull someone who survived trepanning? It is it possible, Tom, that these three accounts are linked? Surely not. <laughs> I assume anyone writing this is a friendly Geordie's fan who's just <laughs> taken up the call to take us down. <laughs> friendly Geordie's has done a four-hour video this time about it, <laughs> so we've missed it. <laughs> anyway, fuck you, Kaza29, Puff Skull and CJW. Yeah. Give us a five-star review on your podcasting app. We'd really appreciate it. That'd be great. Stage three tax cuts time. Maybe before I get into Woo. it, should we? Are we? Are we allowed to call it stage three tax cuts? I don't know what else to call. It. We had this conversation last week with Larissa, Larissa Baldwin Roberts, who maybe rightly pointed out that just saying stage three sounds wonky and normal people don't know what it means. Probably, if you were talking yes. to a normal person, you would just be like tax cuts for the rich. But for the purposes of our wonk political podcast about the Australian Greens and green politics in Australia, probably just going to say stage three, right? <laughs> Stage three, yeah, we're cool. The, the people watching this, they know, they know the deal. I yeah. think they know. Um, Labor cabinet has approved a change to the stage three tax cuts. These are the ones for the Richie Riches, and but it will have to come back to Parliament. It's looking like the Greens could potentially be in balance of power, I guess, on these, which is Uh-oh. a pretty wild oh, position no. to be in. <laughs> Actually, kind of exciting, uh, but. Yes, difficult because it's another one. Are we going to make perfect the enemy of the good? Blah, 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 blah. (laughs) Question mark. Yes. So, okay, to recap what has happened this week, because things changed really fucking quickly, right? Like I I was saying last week, it felt as though these were kind of a a done deal, but then I guess I wasn't paying enough attention and I'm not in the Labor Party because by the start of this past week, like Monday, speculation began to swirl that perhaps Labor was going to back away from or change 
the stage three tax cuts, which, by the way, have already been legislated, legislated in 2019, voted for by Labor and the LNP, opposed by the Greens. Opposed by the Greens. That's interesting. Okay, yeah. right. So we, we oppose the bad policy from the start and have consistently mm. done so. Mm. Okay, right. Very, very unlike us. Yes. Because <laughs> we're politically naive. The politically sophisticated yes. thing is to support the bad the thing, thing for a long like. time mm. and then at the last minute change your position on it. Well, okay, circumstances have changed, Tom. Things aren't like they were. <laughs> a few years ago it was actually good to give the, the richest to people in the country more money and the, the poorest people in the country nothing. Things have, things have changed, yeah. I, I barely remember 2019. It was a totally different time. Totally different, totally different. Like now we've got flying cars. And, yeah, yeah, and, and progressive taxation is good again. Um, <laughs> now, well, because at the start of the yeah. week there was this emergency meeting, right? So that, that was yes. how we sort of started. It's like Albanese says, hey, everyone, come back to, to Canberra. We've got to sort out this cost of living crisis, goddammit, emergency yeah. measures. And I think quite a few people, you know, accurately pointed out this seems like bullshit or seems like a, yeah. a way to – yeah, warm, lube everybody it's up theater. for an announcement that's coming. Yeah. Well, but I mean, I guess, yeah, I didn't actually immediately clock that this was going to be related to the tax cuts. Like I feel as though at first it was like where they're coming back for a special caucus to talk about cost of living and there was some sort of discourse and analysis in the, in the media that's like you should look at the stage three tax cuts as opposed to just, I don't know, handing out some cost of like temporary cost of living relief, rebates, mm. whatever it might be. Um, but, yes, then it became clear that, tax cuts were the main issue on the agenda and everyone was kind of speculating about what might happen. Interestingly, yeah, I was reading an article, 2GB, like the radio station, was just speculating about other proposals. So they were saying, oh, they're going to lower the threshold for the highest tax bracket and raise the tax-free threshold, which isn't what ended up happening. So presumably... I would, I would imagine that that was one, one option. Like there are a range of options that had been put to caucus or put to key labor mm. decision makers and they were kind of mulling it over. And, you know, usually when something like that comes out, it's an indication that something has been strategically leaked to the media so that they can float it, see what the reaction is, and that will inform their final decision. Right, and then other members of the Labor government, there seemed to be like a genuine split because yeah. at least Guardian had sources from the Labor government saying, we can't break a promise, mm. we've got to water down any expectations. Like clearly those presumably from the Labor right were sort of saying, hang on, hang on, hang on, no, we can't yeah. do any of this. We've got to stick to that golden promise that yes. everybody wants. The, we've got cool. to commit to our the working class of Australia to give $9,000 a year tax cut to the richest people kicking around. Yeah. Well, this is what, and maybe we can get into it once later once we've spoken about the substance of the changes, but just the idea of the fucking broken promise discourse is so yes. incredible. And the kinds of people that are pushing this, obviously this is the LNP's, or, you know, Liberals, Nas- um, Liberal National Coalition's main attack line is this is a broken Mm. promise but the fucking abc like that interview with michael Rowland on i guess this was was monday potentially i think yeah monday pushing anthony albanese about this quote-unquote promise and just not not about the substance of, of the cuts or how they might impact people on different incomes like the the clip that he's posted on twitter is him being like can you promise that the stage three tax cuts will be implemented in full this July. Mm. And and Albanese's like, oh, our position hasn't changed, blah, 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 because I guess their position hadn't formally changed yet because they hadn't had the meeting to change it. He's mm. a weasel. But like, yeah, just being like, will you keep this promise? As though that's the most important thing. I Sometimes I think, yeah, this obsession with like broken promises in politics can get stupid when that's what we're talking about. 
Well, yeah, and we could definitely get to this. My, so my job for, for viewers at home is like, I'll, I'll be looking at reactions curtain. to all this news. Emerald's de- dealing with all the scary numbers that I understand, actually explaining what, what these changes mean and how much how much money you and I are going to get. But I thought that, yeah, that moment was interesting. The broken discourse thing is bullshit, but mm. Albanese looks so dodgy in that. He does. Can you promise to those Australian families the stage three tax cuts will come into effect in July in full? Well, we haven't changed our position on that, Michael. I know that there's ongoing debate about uh, the the impact of uh, of those tax cuts, uh, but we support uh, reducing tax, uh, and uh, we've said that, and that's why, as well, uh, we've been able to produce a budget surplus. We've factored that into. Uh, the forward projections in the budget as well. Uh, just, I'll ask that question again. Can you promise, as you did before the election, the stage three tax cuts will come in in full in July? Well, I've, well, I've said we haven't changed our position. Is, can, can you promise, Prime Minister? Well, well, I've, I've said, I've said I can't be clearer than that. We haven't changed our position. That's not exactly on, a promise, uh, PM. I, tax I, I, cuts. Uh, it was a promise well, before well, the election. Has that, promise, you, has that promise changed? Yeah, you can. You can play word games, Michael. Nothing has changed. They're back and forth because he says, "Do you, are you promised that this thing is going to happen? And they said, mm. our position has not changed. changed. And it's like, and his, fuck Their position you. was they supported that package. So, yeah, like your yes. position has changed. Yeah, position has changed, clearly, yes. And there, there isn't, you can't respond to say, do you promise for this thing in the future? Do you give us a commitment, which is what... You know, of course, politicians would like to tell us that they do all the time and they keep their word. My word is my bond is the quote that's going to haunt Albanese a little bit on this. But then to say, well, our position hasn't changed yet. Yeah. <laughs> it's sort of like, well, why believe anything well, that you are going to say yeah. in the next little future? Yeah. Yeah. So around this time, yeah, Monday, speculation swirling the Greens. Maureen Faruqi, who as acting Greens leader, wrote to the Prime Minister, again, urging the government to ditch stage three of the tax cuts. We released or the Greens released this PBO, Parliamentary Budget Office analysis, that showed actually it seems like a kind of a bunch of things. So a bunch of different articles across different outlets focusing on different elements of this. But overall, an overall picture of just how unequally distributed the effects of this stage of the tax cuts would be. So one Mm. of the things that they focused on was, for example, bracket creep from inflation where Inflation means that kind of workers end up paying more tax than they should have because purely due to inflationary reasons or, you know, as wages go up, um, Mm. they're pushed into another tax bracket that doesn't necessarily reflect where they are in terms of of average incomes across the country. And this analysis showed that due to bracket creep or bracket creep wouldn't be distributed evenly across income classes. So the medium income earner would pay an extra $5,000 in the next three years, but get minimal benefit from the tax cuts, which in theory Mm. would be partially to address bracket creep. Um, It showed that people who earn, you know, up to that towards the high end, 150,000 to 200,000 will have most of that bracket creep returned by stage three between now and 2026 to 2027. But at the same same time, people earning under seventy five thousand dollars would pay thousands extra due to it, but see little returned. Um, and then, just more generally, in terms of the 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 money, the, the dollar amount that people are going to get back from these tax cuts, completely unequally distributed and heavily focused towards the top end, the top end, which is 
the point of these fucking tax cuts, those yeah. on over $180,000 a year would will gain from the total pool uh, in the coming financial year, nine or the first financial year, $9.1 billion. Those on $120,000 to $150,000 would get $3.2 billion. Those on one hundred and fifty to one hundred and eighty thousand would get two point nine billion, um, yeah. and there's, I mean, maybe we can post some of these graphs actually on our on our social media on Instagram and and Twitter because it just shows, you know, there's a there's a bar graph showing the distribution of of the money amount of the cuts and it it fully just it just goes up as. <laughs> For the wealthier people, <laughs> the richest people, yeah. The first financial year, the the, the tax cuts were going to cost about twenty billion dollars, so about fifty, almost fifty percent of the benefit was going to go mm-hmm. to the highest income earners in yes. stage three. So, and we've been consistent on this. These these tax cuts suck because they're unfair. They will yeah. they will widen inequality. They're also unaffordable, which again we can get to because that's still going to be a fucking problem ripping all this money out of the public purse. Um, they're gendered as well. Everyone only go to richer men. Um, they're bad. They're bad yeah. for heaps of reasons. And we've bad. been saying that. And we yeah. and because we think they're bad, we didn't vote for them. We're crazy that way, but that was our position. Yeah. Yeah. Um, of course, yes. So Albanese keeps kind of drip feeding little, oh, maybe we maybe we'll do this kind of hinting at things. By Tuesday, he tells this tells what KISS FM, this random radio <laughs> station, breaks this news because he does this interview with them where he says that, quote, everyone we get a tax cut, which was not the case in the legislated, this like what's been legislated for this stage of, of tax cuts, actually right. low and middle income earners wouldn't receive a was tax cut. Was this with Carl Jackio, I assume? Like, is that Carl Jackio Breakfast FM Show is? is on Kiss FM? Yes. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. I don't even know. Um, but yeah, and he's kind of, and then he starts specifically focusing on how low and middle income earners also do, like need relief, blah, blah, blah. So it's, it's becoming clear that probably there's going to be that change and again, like just as a kind of aside, this is a bit of a, a an insight maybe into how Labor works, that this was before Labor caucus had actually approved anything and yet the mm. Prime Minister, arguably the most powerful person in the Labor Party, is out there saying, oh, everyone's getting a tax cut. So before caucus actually agrees, that's it is kind of actually, it, that's at least been decided effectively. I mean, Labor Caucus seems like a fucking mafia meeting. Or like, does I anyone mean, ever yeah. does anyone ever struggle to get stuff through Labor Caucus, or is it just like this is what's happening? Can't fall yeah, into line immediately. I Whereas, I think in the coalition, you do actually have, you know, leaders have had trouble actually getting things through the caucus to mm. to get them out there. But there was an amazing quote in the Guardian from Tuesday. This is an anonymous Labor MP. One MP who believes the government should stick to what we said we'd do, accepted it might be possible to cut out the top 1% or 2% of income earners who don't need it in the tax cuts. The average person wouldn't complain about that, the MP said. I'm not sure how brave we'll be. We'll find out on Wednesday. <laughs> Sometimes it's like, yeah, you know, it's fascinating that you would be in a party that you acknowledge could make a decision that's so different to your own beliefs and what you think could happen. Um, that's amazing to me but it's also like wow that they could just they would just say that anyway although it's Let's what it's anonymous so how brave are we, we how, how much do we care we? about yeah. this do we are have principles know? or not i don't know we'll find out in two days where our principles mm. are and what we believe in right. our vision for the country i guess yeah, yeah you feel cool. good about that <laughs> anyway <laughs> and they did so that's tuesday we fast forward to wednesday and caucus meets and they approve changes to stage three of the tax cuts and they also approve a potential, yeah, like there's a change to the Medicare levy, which I understand is not entirely clear or defined yet, but 
the changes to the income tax, you know, thresholds and, and amounts are that they would reinstate the 37% tax bracket that was going to be abolished. And that's mm-hmm. that's important because that is, yeah, a whole tax bracket, which is what makes our taxation system a progressive taxation system is these tax brackets that, that you know, set aside different uh, levels of, of income that was going to be, be abolished. Yeah. This wouldn't. It also mm-hmm. lowers the rate for the bottom tax bracket. So people in that, that lower, lowest bracket would now pay 16% on their tax, lower than, um, than what was proposed, and lowering the threshold for the top tax rate to $190,000. So the, the threshold for where you pay that, that highest tax rate, would you, you, you pay that when you're earning less money uh, than what was initially proposed what's been legislated right. under stage three tax yeah. cuts. The top tax rate at the moment is 180K. Yeah. Stage three wanted to bring it up to 200 and Labor's just going to bring it to 190. Yeah. So it's literally a, a compromise between uh, the status quo and what stage three yeah. wanted to do. Yeah. Yes. And the Medicare levy change, so there's a, currently an exemption for people on, on low incomes. It's currently at the threshold is where you earn $24,276 annually, I guess. And okay. they're going to potentially raise that threshold, but I don't think we know to what. Um, but that's right. yeah where you would be exempt from paying that 2% levy. So that's approved on Wednesday. And then I think maybe we it was probably dropped to media on Wednesday and on Thursday Albanese addresses the National Press Club and mm-hmm. lays out this plan and defends it um, not very competently, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> like, yeah, thoughts on his performance. <laughs> I saw a clip of him talking that made it very hard to understand what the fuck he was yeah. talking about. And... To not be prepared for this seems bizarre. You've had yes. a lot of years to prepare for this. You knew that this was going to change. You've got this all week. You've got people whose full-time job, people who are on six-figure salaries, people who are about to get a $4,000-a-year <laughs> tax cut, whose job it is to brief you on these things and give you good media lines, and he bloody fluffed it. We found ourselves in a position where this was overwhelmingly the, the case uh, as it was put. You know, and we didn't, uh, were circumstances different, uh, then uh, it certainly was not. Uh, we didn't well in advance uh, say, oh, well, we're going we're gonna to change things uh, because uh, what we were doing, though, in recent times, just over summer, very recent time, as I said, we changed the position on Tuesday because the cost of living pressures has lasted for much longer than people thought and the range of measures that we put in place have not been effective. Yeah, this is the Prime Minister. Like, it's not his first time doing media. Uh, It's pretty remarkable that something that actually is likely to please a lot of people, he makes it sound so far. (laughs) But but I guess my other... I I think I know the answer to this, but part of me is like, surely not. Like, is this... This is their cost of living package is just changing the tax cuts. Is that right? Like when they're like, we need to do something about cost of living. Have they haven't proposed anything else, have they? Not as yet. All the all the talk is that in the May budget there will be more cost of living measures. Okay. So I think at least right. that line I've heard a few times is like, hey, we're doing this, but then don't worry, there's also more coming down the line um, in the May budget. So that's that's on the way. Um, yeah. What those things will be is still TBC, but yes, certainly they – 
They know that they're not doing enough, that the measures they did introduce to address cost of living aren't doing the job, and they are certainly framing this uh, in terms of cost of living relief, which, again, we can maybe get to is bad. <laughs> That's a yeah. bad strategy, bro. That's no good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, it's – and I guess, yes, it's like a little bit more money potentially in your pocket at tax time for low- and middle-income earners. That That is true, and that's done by reducing the tax cut for like slightly for for higher middle for higher income earners there's another yeah we could put this table on on social media a few people might have seen this that is kind of helpful that that lays out your taxable income what the tax cut you would have received would have been in the legislated stage 3 tax cuts versus what it'll be if this new labor plan passes and yes. i was i was trying to look at where kind of where the inversion point is where it goes from being a higher tax cut under the new proposal to a, a lower one. And I guess it's at, at right, so it's at $150,000. So people on less than $150,000 will get more than they would have. More than they were going to get, yes. Yep. Yeah, whereas people over 150000 get slightly less, but like still so much money. People on, on $200,000 or more would get, more than $4,500, like $4,500 extra in their tax. Whereas, of course, yes. again, the lowest income earners, people on, you know, $40,654, $50,929, like, yeah. I. <laughs> it's pretty wild. I mean, like, yes, under the legislative stage three, people earning 40K or less were going to get nothing and they're now getting mm. $654. So it's like... Yes, yes. I mean, that's that's a good story to tell. And mm. they can still frame it in this idea that everyone is getting a tax cut, which is still yes. true. And why all the conservative attacks of this, that these are higher taxes, is ignoring the fact that you're still getting $4,500 uh, less in your tax bill after these changes go through. Now, mm. we can argue about whether that's that's still a good position to have. Yeah. But of course, yes, it really does ring hollow when people are saying these are higher, these are higher taxes. Yeah. But, uh, well, it makes it, oh yeah, absolutely. That's that line. I don't really understand how they can sell that. It's certainly like, I would say it makes it, it does make, just make it more difficult because it shifts the ground of the discussion or the debate onto whether tax cuts are the most effective or an appropriate um, measure to take in a cost of living crisis because mm. of the nature of them being that, you know, if you earn more money, you will get you'll get a greater benefit because you pay more tax um, as opposed to something like, Raising the job seeker rate, for example. Yes. Yeah. Or doing something about prices, right? The actual prices yes. that are fucking killing people all over the place. Like, yes, you can have more money and take mm -hmm. home more of the, your money in your in your tax package, but it would really help if the people who are setting the prices for stuff, the massive energy companies and the supermarket duopoly, weren't gouging us left, right, and center. So, yeah. so that you know, the, the, regardless of how much tax you're paying, it would be great to know that. The, the people who charge us money for the basic things we need to live weren't taking us to the fucking cleaners every single day. Yeah, but no, but it's a, like it's a fundamentally, you know, liberal proposal to go first to tax cuts because that is about being able to keep more of the reward for your effort and your hard work and like, I, I mean, the, the thing that is though, yeah, what is most important, I guess I, I kind of flagged this earlier about these these changes or these proposed changes to stage three is that it doesn't so much dismantle or what felt like the beginnings of dismantling a progressive taxation system altogether. Like 
that proposal mm. to just create a flat tax rate for such a huge breadth of um, of income, like that is really that's a really significant change to the way that Australia's taxation system works. And so, being able yes. to yeah, if we can get rid of that proposal, that is significant. Like to be clear, yeah, mm. right now we have you know we have a tax free tax free threshold under eighteen thousand two hundred one dollars per year and then we have four tax brackets and stage three would have just wiped one away like so that people between what is it a hundred and twenty thousand and a hundred and eighty no like someone earning forty five thousand dollars and a hundred and eighty thousand dollars would have paid the same Exactly the same. Yeah, tax rate, yeah. same proportion of the tax. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, the fact that that is gone is very good. Um, yes, and full full credit to that. I suppose we can say that that is, that is a good thing. And I think perhaps throughout this conversation, we will ha- we'll adopt both positions, which is this is good news in a way. This is mm-hmm. way better than what was going to happen, but it still sucks that everyone's bad. Yes. <laughs> and... Of course, what it still does is, and that yes, this is where we get to the crux of the question, which is like, is this the best use of $324 billion? Because my understanding is it's just redistributing where that money goes, but it's still $324 billion spent on tax cuts instead of something else. Well, I think there is a slight change. There is it's twenty eight billion dollars less. Yes. Okay. So which of course the coalition is saying that they're that Labor is humping on is, is piling on twenty eight billion dollars worth of new taxes. Yeah. But yes, so it is less from the total. It's twenty eight billion dollars. It's gonna cost twenty eight billion dollars less apparently right. over the next decade. Almost I mean, we can, three hundred billion dollars. Yeah, though, so it's like, it's actually really affordable. It's actually really good and affordable. <laughs> no, right. it's still a huge amount of money just ripped out of the public purse, which will inevitably lead to worse services, worse public services. All right, and yeah. this is this is the other big critique that uh, the Greens have been making about like you just all this re- lost revenue is going to be bad for society because public services are crumbling, and we could use public money to properly fund our schools and our hospitals and do things like bring dental and mental into Medicare, you know, actually spend public money to make people's lives material better and actually address cost of living pressures in a meaningful material way rather than just, you know, giving out massive handouts and, and hoping that sort of solves the problem. Um, and that needs to be there. And that that critique has almost completely disappeared from the discourse. Everyone's just like, oh, we have yeah. to do tax cuts. Yeah. But the way Ooh. we distribute the tax cuts, like that's this is way better. So well done, Labor, as opposed to ignoring the fact that you're still giving away 300 billion fucking dollars and still giving four and a half grand to rich people every single year. And forgetting the fact that this is stage three because we had stage one and two. We've already had changes to the taxation system that are intended yeah. to address bracket creep, like stage two lifted the thresholds across the board while maintaining mm. a progressive taxation system. That's what stage two did. And in fact, stage two, yeah, increased the existing low income tax offset for people earning up to $66,000. It increased that from 40, 455 to a maximum of $700. I mean, stage one had that temporary low and middle income tax offset, which they then ditched last mm. year or a year before, yeah, 2022. Um, and they could have, you know, they could have kept that going, but they didn't. And so, yes, like it is, just the acting as though stage one and two didn't happen when we're talking about stage three. Stage three, three is purely about cutting taxes for the wealthy. Like that's why it was proposed. And now the Labor government is trying to somehow, yeah, keep it acting as though they voted for it for some good reason and it is needed in some way. 
noting that people don't fucking want it because it's not needed and we're in a cost of living crisis and that is hitting the poorest households. <laughs> like, Also, is it passing stage one and two and we're still in this fucking horrific cost of living crisis just better evidence that tax yeah. cuts just don't no, actually just need to try. You know, touch the more. sides on I this problem? I just need one more tax cut, bro. Just one more tax cut. <laughs> Another hit, baby. Come on. <sighs> We have a very tight budget to do what she's asking. We'd have to raise taxes. Raise, way too high as they are. Taxes, It's your children's future. Oh, yeah, children, children are important. It'll cost you. Go to taxes. Come on. All right, that's a good point. Yes. The finger thing means to taxes. So, what did people think? Tell me about the reacts, R-E-A-X, Tom. Reacts. Well, researching this, yes, kind of drive me crazy because, as I said, I, I find myself agreeing with some of the actions of the Labor government, okay? So endorsing, <laughs> yes, as we've been saying, they should have, quote-unquote, broken this promise. They should have done something about tax three. They have done that, and we've we've mentioned the idea of preserving the progressive tax system is really good. Mm. I find myself agreeing with some of the critiques coming from the Liberal National Coalition, okay. but also everyone is an idiot and I hate everyone. <laughs> Mm, yeah, <laughs> except for the Greens. Right. <laughs> so I think, as you mentioned, the Conservatives, people on the right, the coalition, they've gone off. They've done exactly what we expected them to do. And uh, Peter Dutton has been out there labelling this a broken promise. It leaves Albanese with a huge credibility problem and that his leadership is terminal. Wow. On Thursday, Dutton told 2GB that Labor had blatantly, knowingly lied to the Australian public, likening, likening it to Julie Gillard's promise not to legislate a carbon say, tax. big july vibes. <laughs> Well, he's the liar in the lodge now. The liar in the lodge. lodge. Okay, who came up with that one? Give him a raise and a tax cut. It's pretty good. Interesting that it's not like Tony Abbott promising to not cut uh, Medicare or the ABC. It's weird that Dutton didn't mention that, but anyway. People have budgeted based on the Prime Minister's word, his bond. Have they? Have people on 180 grand? They have asked their well-paid financial (laughs) advisors to budget based on that. Yes. Also, heaps of these people aren't even paying tax. Their taxable income is like 30 yeah. grand because yeah. of all the deductions and bullshit they've been able to do. So they're actually not yeah, that worried consul- at all. Yeah, consultants have based their, you know, <laughs> marketing of their, um, what is it? What is it? Wasn't this the stage three tax cuts? That was the thing that the fucking KPMG or whatever leaked their forward planning to their oh, clients. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, that's yes. what they mean by planning. <laughs> Give them a heads up. Now he's broken his word. Some may get a handful of dollars, but they lose it because of mortgage repayments that are higher under his government and inflation will be higher for longer under this government. Okay, Peter, Tony could I guess. do something about mortgage repayments being higher. Yes, interesting. <laughs> Dutton said, if Albanese is preparing to lie to your neighbour, you're next, Ooh. which I think is a very interesting line. So I assume First he means they came la- for your- the tax cuts <laughs> and I did not speak up <laughs> because I was not on over $200,000 a year. <laughs> Because they could not make enough deductions to get me under 150k. Because <laughs> I guess he means like he knows that he can't say you because he knows that most people are earning less than 150k yes. and under these changes, most people are getting a bigger tax cut. So he's, so he's sort of saying, Albanese's fucking your neighbor. You know, the guy who lives in a mansion next door to you? Yeah. Well, Albanese just lied to him mm. and he's coming for you next, Who's buddy. To say? <laughs> <laughs> Most people are like, I hate my rich neighbour. Fuck yeah. that guy. Yeah. 
Dutton demanded Albanese call an election and put the change position to the Australian people, but he refused to reveal whether the coalition would repeal the changes if they won the next election. <laughs> so it's like have an election, but also we pretty much agree <laughs> agree with this policy, Amazing. so you won't have a choice between the two parties at yeah. all on the changes to the stage three tax cuts. Mm. Genius. Uh, Deputy Liberal leader Susan Lay also got into a little bit of trouble. She suggested in an interview that a coalition would roll back the changes, okay, mm-hmm. and then everyone was like, what the fuck? And then <laughs> so, so you're going to increase taxes she if you win? In. What? <laughs> and then, yes, <laughs> she was summoned before the emperor and was informed that she had to change her position. She then went out on Thursday saying, I did not say that we will roll back Labor's new proposal. I said we support the existing Stage 3 arrangements and we would assess the new proposal. Labor lied about these tax cuts, and now they've lied about what I've said. What else will they lie about? They're liars. They're just lying, liar in the lodge. <laughs> Our position is that the stage three tax cuts should be implemented as designed and endorsed by the Australian people at the last election. Designed and endorsed by the Australian people? Is that like a grammatical issue, or is it just <laughs> like implemented as designed, comma, and endorsed, or designed and endorsed by the Australian people? Because... I don't think the they should be implemented as they were designed, these. which was endorsed by the Australian people in the yeah. last election, I suppose, yes. Anyway, who knows? Is this, you know, credit where it's due, is there a decent wedge here created by Labor for the coalition in that they, you know, they could attack these proposals but they can't say we would undo them because, of, that would mean you know, the, the tax cuts, cuts, increase the tax cuts for most people, which is yeah. those earning 150K, and they're saying we want to take away your increased tax cut to give more money, to give twice as much money away to the people earning over 180K. Like is that, yeah. is that actually quite a decent position that they've I do think there? that, yes, politically that's that's a good thing for them to have. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of like anyone is sort of saying, oh, this is an outrage, they're saying – Rich people getting $4,500 is not enough. They should get twice yeah. that amount. That's to actually place them in the position where that's your rhetoric. It's And poor people should continue to get nothing. Yes. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, that's well right. Played. Because it's Credits like it would, force, it would force the LNP, it would force the Liberals to argue against tax cuts, actually. Yes, yes. Mm. Genius, yes. Um, but at the same time, and Susan Lay is clearly, you know, playing the role of attack dog here as well as going out on a regular basis, again, tweeting liar in the lodge every fucking second. But she did tweet out this this footage from a Sunday night interview on Channel 7 just after Albanese had won the election where the interviewer shows him uh, footage of him uh, when he in his maiden speech, I think, talking about how we should tax the rich people and redistribute wealth, basically, you know, you know the basic kind of <laughs> shit that a Labor backbench MP says when they first get elected to Parliament. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, where they, they're foolish enough to sort of talk about the things they believe in and their vision for <laughs> for politics. And then said, so wouldn't young Albanese be ter- be horrified at the fact that you're backing in these stage three tax cuts? And Albanese, Albanese <laughs> says, no, actually he'd be proud because it's about keeping your word. My word is my bond. These tax cuts uh. have been legislated. We committed to our word, our word, 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 promise, promise, promise. You've got to trust you, us, us, we're doing what we're saying. We can't change our mind, yada, yada, yada. Well, you need to give people certainty. And I'll tell you what that young bloke knew, which was that my word is my bond. And we said during the election campaign uh, that we would maintain uh, the position that had already been legislated. Mm. That's a really interesting point, though. I mean, I understand that, and, and it goes to, you know, the integrity of the individual, and people want to believe their leaders. 
But you don't believe in this, surely. You don't believe that. At this time, with all the pressures in the economy, people doing it tough out there, people living below the poverty line, that giving tax cuts to the ultra-rich is a priority. What, what I believe in is, is certainty for people. And we said we would provide that certainty, and we will. Okay. You're, so this is, this is an interesting now a evolution of your, of your politics. Young Albo would never have copped that, right? Oh, but no, 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 no. That, well, that's where you're wrong. Okay. Because uh, I've always been a man of my word. And, and I believe that uh, when you go to an election and you make commitments, you should stick to them. And I see, watch that clip and I go, you're absolutely right. We can talk about the severity of the broken promise, but yes, this is blatantly dishonest and shitty and it didn't have to be like this and you put yourself in this position, Anthony Albanese. So sorry, well, mate, but yes. you get a couple lot of this. But they only, but like to be, I mean, they only put themselves in that position because they created the obsession with having to quote, keep promises rather than do what's fucking right. Yes. I mean, they shouldn't have voted for them to start with, of course, and then they wouldn't have a stupid promise to keep. Yes. But yes, it's not, I, it, yeah, the issue is not the broken promise. It's like, why do you all have to make, because, because they don't, because he didn't want to take accountability for the shit decision that they'd made. And so they were leaning on the promise as the justification for continuing to, to endorse that. Um, and that's, yeah, he's dug his own grave. Yes. And that's a theme that will recur in the upcoming sections, the media and labor hacks, which we'll get to in a, <laughs> in a moment, their reactions. Um, just a last note on, you know, our political enemies lose their minds. Pauline Hanson had a great quote. She's had a gutful of, uh, of all these lies and thinks that the lower classes have it too good in this country. Basically says Is that, that what she said? You know, what did she the- say? They want me to forego tax cuts to give it more to them so they can just squander the money. And the, the lower class Australians, okay, the ones who are not on high wages, they have tax benefit cuts A and B, they have health care, they have prescriptions, they have rental assistance, they have plus, plus, plus. But the middle income earner doesn't get that. You know, even childcare, the billions that goes into childcare, where's the accountability for that? I have had a gutful. She literally literally said lower classes and she said, you know, they've got healthcare benefits, they've got daycare, where's the accountability of that? And basically sort of, yeah, the anti-aspiration thing. What is the One Nation strategy these days? They really seem like they're just heading for oblivion. No strategy at all. Yeah, but, it, it, yeah. yeah, a really good reminder that, you know, any credit that Pauline gets is like this right-wing populist Battler. and she's a speaker for the average Australian yeah. and the worker, the battlers, like just clearly, I mean, what they actually mean is like small business owners, fish and chip shop owners, I suppose, or, yeah, small business psychos who mm. are actually doing quite well, have a comfortable class position, yeah. who want to feel like they're put upon and battlers, whereas, yes, Pauline's yeah. just full mask off. Poor people have it too good and we should be giving taxes to mm, No one wants to, to work people. anymore vibe. Yeah. <laughs> um, reactions from the media. Of course, the Murdoch media hit the emergency button. They had a grand old time really feeling themselves. <laughs> front page of the Australian, <laughs> Albanese's tax ambush. Front page of the Daily Telegraph, stage three tax cut betrayal. How can we ever trust this man again? How can we ever trust again? this man again? <laughs> <laughs> Girls, you know when your boy, when your man lies to you? And- yes. <laughs> How can we ever trust this man again? 
Great video of Shadow Treasurer Angus Taylor running through the newspapers, like holding up the Daily Telegraph and the Herald Sun. Well, many of you will have woken up this morning to headlines like this one in the Daily Telegraph telling us that the Prime Minister is a liar. This Prime Minister has been lying to us for years about tax cuts he promised that are not going to proceed. Over a hundred times, he and his Treasurer told us these tax cuts would proceed, but we learned today they're not going to. And the truth is... Uh, that this is a war on aspirational Australians, as the Herald Sun has told us this morning. Indeed, the age has told us it's a betrayal. Uh, but what the Labor Party is seeking to do is to punish aspirational Australians with higher taxes, $28 billion of higher taxes. And I know a lot of people will watch this who are aspiring to be on higher incomes, who don't feel wealthy, and you are going to be hit with more tax by this Labor government. This is a Prime Minister who said his word was his bond, uh, that word is worth absolutely nothing. Which is just an incredible racket from the Conservatives. So you've got this Murdoch media empire that just runs the Conservative lines mm-hmm. and then the Conservative politicians could hold up the papers and go, yeah. look, look what's in the news. Yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah, it's like what the we machine. believe. It's like how Labor feeds, you know, attack stories about the Greens to the media and then when they get the headline that they want, then they get to print that on their flyers and that's their entire yes, political yes. strategy. <laughs> like, amazing. <laughs> little meme. Media is so good. It was also very funny to watch a whole bunch of people fuming about these changes and just knowing that they've all found out that their tax cut has been reduced by about four grand. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Peter Van Onselen, an Albanese Labor government will deliver the same legislated tax relief to more than 9 million Australians as the Morrison government. Joint statements by two politicians who can never again be trusted, the PM and the Treasurer. So they could be trusted before this. You really believed in them, but this was the last straw. They betrayed you personally. Once yeah, once again, revealing media, media like press gallery brain of like, oh, we trust the government. We trust our politicians. You should not trust any of them. They are your enemies. Yeah. They're all lying to you. All governments lie. This is the class. This should be the, you print that out, whack that on the, on every fucking uh, wall in the press gallery at every office, the SMH, the Murdoch, any of the Murdoch media. All governments lie. Yeah. Your job is to hold them to account. Don't trust them at all, you weirdos. That's the job. Yeah. Um, Great piece from Caleb Bond, of course, at news.com.au. Did you see any of this going around? Did this come across your desk? I mean, I like Caleb because he he just says he just he's just like again mask off, uncut, raw <laughs> conservative brain. He doesn't care about politics or like how this makes him come across or whatever. He's just like just spouting out conservative talk lines as he sees it, which is very helpful. Uh, the piece was titled "Aussies Earning Over One Hundred Thirty Five Thousand Dollars Do Deserve a Tax Cut." Actually, and they are getting one. They are actually they getting are one. Getting it's just slightly one, yeah. smaller than the one they're getting one, but they do deserve more one. Earning 135k a year does not make you rich. Mm-hmm. Sure, you might be earning more than some. Mm-hmm. <laughs> most, actually, the, you misspelled most there, mm. Caleb. You actually meant most people yeah. don't earn that, so you are actually earning more than most people. But you don't own a super yacht, and we're not, and you're not washing down your dinner with Grange every night. Oh. And I love so, this this move, right? So we had we had this discourse as well. This like. Yeah, who's rich? These people aren't yes, rich. These people it. are doing extremely really hard. That's classic. This, yeah. But it's like, okay, Caleb, can we tax the people with yeah. super yachts and who have a Grange every night? No. Can we, can we find the people that we all not. universally agree hard. are definitely rich? Can we tax mm. the fuck out of them to pay mm. for service for other people? Yeah. No, we can't do that. That would yeah. attack aspiration. Yeah, these people aren't rich and that's why they deserve a tax cut. But if you are rich, it's because you worked hard for it and so you shouldn't have that taken away from you. So you also deserve a tax cut. Like, Brilliant. Of course. It's, you, you can never lose. No. 
this line did the rounds that made a lot of people uh, raise an eyebrow. Someone earning in the mid to high 100,000s likely has higher expenses, such as a bigger mortgage or private school fees. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody think of the rich people and their greater expenses. Oh, my God. Oh my god! Hey, it's tough. I've got this bigger house, and I'm sending my kids for their different cars. <laughs> like, come on! Plus, they've got to pay all those accountants to try and minimise their tax. Exactly. Being rich is expensive. What the government is doing is reopening ugly class wars, pitting lower income Australians against everyone else. Giving tax cuts to rich people, that's not class war. Of course, that's just normal, sensible things. But but when you say that actually that's a bit unfair and you take money from the the people who have heaps of money and give it to the people who don't have money, that's ugly class warfare. Mm. It's no good. Yeah. Yeah. And he just doesn't want lower income Australians pitted against everyone else. He cares about the welfare of the lower income Australians. That's really nice. I'm not sure how because the no. current stage three tax cuts, again, don't give fuck all exactly. to people earning under 40K, but it is a sad byproduct of Australia's famous tall poppy syndrome. They just hate, we just hate success in this country. Yep. Yeah, Australia. Why should someone who has worked hard and earns $180,000, enough to afford them a few luxuries mm. but not enough to pack up and live on the beach, be expected to shoulder a higher, higher share of the tax burden because of our progressive tax because system, you fucking yeah, idiot? Because they can afford to. Mm. Rosie Waterland, get out of this relationship. <laughs> um, the idea that high-income earners don't pay their fair share of tax is nonsense. They pay most of it. That's because they have more no. money. I don't know how much also, we need to explain this. they pay less tax a lot of the time. They blah, pay blah, less blah. tax. Yeah. But the government wants us to believe the top end of town must be deprived of a tax cut so everyone else Not can deprived. have one because it suits their own ends. No. Not deprived. Yeah. Less. A slightly everyone, smaller tax cut. And wait, the next line. <laughs> Everyone, Everyone deserves, deserves a tax, a tax cut. cut. <laughs> I'm glad we agree, Caleb. He just <laughs> That's ran what's the labour line. Idiot. Yes. Wow. Not not saying that I agree, but like, yes, he just ran a labour line. That is so funny. They should be far more generous than what was originally offered in stage three. So they That's, should have they should have given a bigger tax cuts to everyone right. and they should have been more expensive, you see. Mm-hmm. The government could have easily provided higher tax cuts to low-income earners while keeping stage three in place. But it's intact instead. Have you costed that? <laughs> yeah, for costed. And again, what is completely removed from both this article and again, the wider discourse is what would be the impacts of that? What would be the fucking yeah. impacts on society if we mm-hmm. rip more and more money out of tax revenue for fuck's sake? Like yes. what is going to happen to services, but public schools, which are already fucking crumbling and underfunded? What do you think is going to happen? Mm, I don't know. Maybe those public schools should have worked harder. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, you know. The government could have provided that, but is instead tapped into a mean, jealous streak that makes us all poorer. And I just well, love that line because it's like, no, like in the most literal way, not, yeah. everyone is getting more Quite money. literally incorrect. <laughs> anyway, that was good. The best piece I read on this came from one Walid Ali. Now, I know that Walid is more conservative than us. I'm sure there's lots of things that we would disagree on. But I thought that his piece, his opinion piece in the Fairfax 9 media was was pretty decent, summed up kind of the main stuff I think we're interested in. It's called PM's Tax Backflip is a flat-out broken promise, but it doesn't end there. He basically says, look, I don't like stage three, and I think these changes are superior, like it's better policy what they're doing to it. 
The trouble is that what makes this policy superior now is the same thing that would have made it so in 2019 when Labor voted the coalition's plan into law, or at the last election when Labor chose not to put this alternative to a vote. And the justifications now offered for changing course in 2024 simply aren't unique to this moment. They've been applicable since roughly 2022 when the Albanese government was insisting it was not for turning. Mm. He says, like, yes, we need to address bracket creep, but stage three was about flattening taxes. That that's why yeah. that's bad. Yada yada yada. But he's really sort of going after the labor reasoning here, which I think is is yeah pretty relevant to our uh, interests. Mm. That labor ever signed up to such a regressive scheme was always peculiar. But it didn't merely do that. It made a philosophical point of it. In the wake of the 2019 election disaster, Labor turned explicitly and repeatedly to the language of aspiration, especially in defending Stage 3. Mm. Jim Chalmers, now Treasurer, then in opposition, sought to cast Labor as a party of aspiration and opportunity and described people on $200,000 as aspirational rather than wealthy. Yeah. Albanese rejected the idea such people were from the top end of town. Okay, Caleb Bond. It's not just the... <laughs> <laughs> Keller Bond almost certainly earning over 180K, by the way. That's Sky mm. News, I reckon. It's not just the initial lie of the support. It's the lies upon lies that Labor had to tell to justify their position that is that is now yes. fully ex- exposed as such bullshit. Yes, they have no fucking integrity or, like, yes, they have no principles. Anyway. That makes this broken promise hugely significant. Not only is it brazen, it represents a philosophical turn away from aspiration and towards the politics of fairness Labor offered in 2019. We'll say whether or not that's particularly astute in time. We'll see, rather. For now, though, mm-hmm. we can only assess whether Labor convincingly justifies such a clear breach of faith. And so he's sort of saying that, you know, promises can be broken. That's not a be all, that's not like a golden rule that you simply cannot just, but the cost of living crisis isn't a justification here. COVID, the consequent inflation, rapidly rising interest rates, and Russia's invasion of the Ukraine. All of this was in play during the 2022 election campaign, during which senior Labor politicians were asked repeatedly whether they would revise their position on stage three tax cuts. The answer, again and again, was no. Now, not, none true. of this, and, and then, then he talks about how, you know, inflation is sort of ticking down at this point and sort of in terms of the Albanese government's um, time in office, you know, it's the better projection. It's the lowest, we've currently got the lowest inflation rate since they came to office at the moment. But he says, none of this makes cost of living relief unnecessary, but the problem with using an amended stage three to do it is that it is at odds with the fundamental idea of the scheme. Stage three, in concert with stages one and two, is meant to be a long-term structural reform of income tax. It's not meant to be a way of handling relatively Mm short-term economic problems like the cost of living. You either believe in the thrust of stage three, as Labor for years said it did, or you don't. And if you do, you don't then amend it for short-term reasons. You might conceivably delay it, perhaps citing inflation concerns, but for the cost of living problem, you find a different mechanism. Mm -hmm. The only truly plausible way Labor can argue this is the right thing to do is to concede that its support of Stage 3 in 2019, and at the very least during and since the last election, was the wrong thing to do. And since it can never make that concession, we're left in a very strange place where Labor now offers a decent policy without a decent (laughs) argument for it and at the cost of its claim to restore integrity to politics. That's it, great. Isn't that bang yeah. on? Like, Now, look, I don't know whether Waleed and I would disagree on whether the, the cost of the broken promise is worse than just leaving the stage three tax cuts mm. as they are. I, it's not quite clear from this piece. He's just sort of trying to point right. out that the cost of this broken promise is significant and here's why, and the reasoning yeah. Labor's now using is bullshit. But I think that's such a great uh, yeah, distillation of, of the 
how, how preposterous uh, Labor finds itself in this current position, right? Yeah, yeah. I guess the question is, do you think Labor could have won in 2022 if they'd opposed the stage three tax cuts? I think definitely yes. Yes, yes. Whereas the Labor geniuses (laughs) say, no, they won that election by telling that lie and so actually it's great and now they're they're changing positions, that's fine. They're so stupid. I think the best summary of the whole Broken Promise thing I saw was like the ABC did a vox pop on the streets and they just asked this one lady about like, do you think it's a broken promise? And she said, I don't know, governments kind of change their minds all the time so I don't really trust anything they say to be honest, (laughs) which I think is like that's the anti-political sentiment too is like, Look, yes. my my level of my investment in this idea of trusting politicians is is very very low, right? Trust in our institutions is very very low. So if they make a pragmatic decision and that decision results in me being able to you know keep more money during this cost of living crisis, that's fine. I don't care about this broken promise thing because I you know this mm. promise thing. The, the Labor Party certainly has showed itself to be untrustworthy generally. So I treat every every um, commitment they make with skepticism. You know. Yes, the problem there, like for me, is that this is one of the things that makes me sad about the like about anti-political sentiment is when it is fixated on the idea that the problem with politicians is that they lie and break promises. Right. When, like, to me, the problem is that politicians do exactly like is what they do because of what they believe in. It's not necessarily the broken promises, and I think that that comes from the media hyperfixation on the promises and oh, they've changed their mind. Will they flip flop on this? You know, will they break that promise? Oh, they said this, but now gotcha, they're they're saying this other thing instead of focusing on the substantive, like the substantive policy and the impacts that it will have on people. And that is why, yeah, like the the majority of what people see about politics is oh they've broken a promise and so they're like yeah it's just broken promises and I'm like I wish that the media didn't do that so that we could dig deeper into oh what they've done is given the rich a massive tax cut instead of doing things to make poor people's lives better yeah well I mean the stage three broken promise is far less concerning than the betrayal of Labor principle that was supporting yes. the stage three tax cuts. Yeah, exactly, okay? exactly. So but they don't want- ask about that. They're not doing vox pops <laughs> about that, are they? <laughs> no, you know? no. And so, of course, yeah, again, people are like, well, yeah, they do this all the time, so you keep telling me. Right. That's all I know about politicians is they lie. Yes. But we but we see sticking to principle being rewarded. Again, I take you back to the 2022 yeah. election when Albanese said people on the lowest wages shouldn't go backwards in this cost of living crisis. The media class lose their mind. All the economics people lose their mind. He, the polling goes up. Everyone says, yes, that's common sense. Of course, the Labor Party should be backing in the lowest paid workers and making sure they yeah. don't their wages don't go backwards in real terms as inflation, which is fueled by the corporate sector and fucking ra- and Russia, cause this the cost of living crisis that we have they were rewarded for that people do want politicians to say this is what we believe in even if it's politically tricky then we're going to tell you exactly what we think right and we're going to take that fight on surely yeah anyway they haven't done that the labor hacks (laughs) the government of course is saying yes he's focusing on the material benefit and saying tax cuts are great and waving away any criticism for the opposition pointing out the confected outrage negativity conflict and division of the opposition Again, I think as we said, they're pretty much onto a winner here. Any criticism can be countered by saying we're giving everyone a tax cut and people under 150k are going to get more money than they already were. So it's a pretty good response. Yeah, yeah. But again, as as Wally Daly pointed out, this whole "oh, when the facts change, my mind changes" bullshit is is uh, ridiculous. It was never a no, good idea yeah. to give away shitloads of money in tax cuts to rich people. 
and rip more than $300 billion out of the public purse over the next decade. It was always a bad idea. Labor should never have supported it. So fuck you. Yeah. That hasn't changed. There seems to be two Labor hack positions. The first of all being they can't change stage three. It'd be a broken promise. So all those people that were like, oh, it's a broken promise. It was a broken promise. Remember like when the Greens were saying they should change their mind of this, we were told by a whole bunch of people saying, no, that would be a broken promise. They're now saying, oh, that doesn't matter. (laughs) So the same people who set up that that challenge is sort of like, yeah, don't worry about that. And they're amazed and clutching their pearls that the, their political opponents and the Murdoch media would criticise them for breaking a promise. Very strange. How could they? Yeah, the facts changed. Then there's another one, which is, see, we told you they were going to do something awesome about mm. stage three. Pleasantly surprised. Pleasantly surprised. Yes, <laughs> pleasantly surprised. Not increasing job seeking, by the way, but you'll be pleasantly no. surprised that um, we're only giving rich people four and a half grand a year. Yeah. I also don't think this was even ever one that Labor hacks were like, oh, don't worry, they won't. Like, they'll get rid of that, of this one. They had no fucking idea. They're like, oh, they'll raise JobSeeker or they'll stop Adani, they'll blah, blah, blah. This one, though, they were like, well, you know. What can you do? Yes, yes. Well, yes, it was was one or the other. I certainly see a lot of people being like, don't worry, Albanese's cooking up something good. They they can't. They can't possibly actually wave this through. Or it was always, it doesn't come into effect until the 1st of July, yada, yada, yada. Yes, true. Yes, they're not coming. They're not here yet. There's still time. And I guess. But of course, it's just like Labor can never lose, right? So if Labor promises something uh, right wing before an election, (laughs) <laughs> it's either they have to do that to win the election or don't mm. worry, they're just saying that now, they are lying, they will change that once they get into office. And, of course, if they mm. get into office and they don't change that conservative position, uh, which they're not doing on, well, you know, like approving fossil fuel projects or torturing yeah. refugees, yada, 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 well, that's just politics. What can you do? The Labor Party can never fail us. We can only fail the Labor Party. So true. Um, some people were celebrating Labor Align Think Tank per capita sent me an email saying the Albanese government's new tax package is a win for fairness and good policy making. It wouldn't have happened without the work of the per capita community. And that includes you. That's me. Oh, per capita community. <laughs> I identify as a member of the, the think per- tank community. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The team at per capita could not be more delighted with the longer awaited changes to the damaging stage three tax cuts designed and legislated by Scott Morrison. Supported by the Labor Party and voted into at the, at the last yes, election. That's the whole fucking point. But anyway. But the idea it's good policy making is truly insane. Again, per capita, ignoring the fact yeah. that this is still ripping billions and billions yeah. of dollars. You don't have to do these. The public yeah. first. Very wild. All right. I think we're running out of time and I could probably do an hour and a half on the Van Baden piece um, on the stage three tax cuts. <laughs> It's an incredible insight. Maybe we'll find oh, time down the track to going. revisit it. It's really extraordinary. Basically, she sort she's of says, extraordinary. well, once we lost the 2019 election, it was just a crazy time, man, and people were voting for all sorts of different things. <laughs> <laughs> it was just fucking <laughs> wild, bro. It was a crazy time. <laughs> right. And she that. even has a swing at the Greens for opposing the Stage 3 tax cuts because they'd okay, most benefit their they're... rich constituents. <laughs> Right, so it's like oh, the Greens classic, are the classic. fucking idiots who are going against these stage three tax cuts, even right. though it would and that be makes for them. them right something. Who knows? The great thing about the Van Van piece in the Guardian is that the original title was "The Stage Three Tax Cuts Are Finally Being Reversed." The rich complaining Labor brogans promise just sound vulgar, and there's a note at the bottom wow. which says the headline was amended on the 25th of January to more accurately reflect the stage three tax cuts have been revised rather oh than my reversed. God. 
Oh my god. God, the Guardian. <sighs> Jesus fucking Christ. Really good stuff. Take the time to read it. Um, I recommend. Van Batten, of course, who uh, hasn't, hasn't written any articles about Labour's position on uh, on Gaza, which is very weird. But on the 20th of October, she did write a piece about how the mullet is coming back, and she was very happy about that. Oh, good. Good. I'd love to read that. I want to know what the position is. Unblock me on Twitter, Van. Come on. <laughs> Come on, Van. All right. I, I'm sorry. I know we're at now, but we really should talk about the Greens, <laughs> which is what this podcast is about <laughs> and where they're at. So I've talked about yeah. our longstanding opposition to this and, and where we're at for a whole bunch of different reasons. I think we both discussed that the party was quite slow to respond to the news. We Sort of the news yeah. was submitted around and we couldn't see any statements or actually find out I where the party think- stood. Yeah, it feels like the sort of thing that is like really significant breaking news. I would say it's on a, a key issue for the party and I would expect that sort of thing like an email out. I almost like I suspect, I mean, as you were saying, we kind of don't expect much to happen at this time of year yeah. and maybe people are still on holiday. I also wouldn't be surprised if people were really busy organizing for Invasion Day events. Right. I don't I don't know. Like that's just kind of my guess. Or oh, but... Well, that's that's one interpretation, right? And then the other interpretation is they genuinely are being very tight-lipped, like kind of um, reserving their position in, like because we need to negotiate because we might be balance of power. Right. Yeah, and it is in this this slightly awkward position, which again you could argue is some kind of wedge from Labor Party in which you're yes. sort of saying you have to do the qualified of like this is good for these reasons, but – Here's all the how it's here's how why it, it all sucks. Yeah. That is, we can't in fully oppose this labor move because we do agree with yeah. some of the moves that they're taking, and it is substantially better than what but, was going to happen. We've been calling for changes to stage yeah. three for a long time, but caveat: here are the other problems we have with it. If it were me, I just like I'm like you know Greens cop shit for claiming everything as a Greens win, but. As a Greens hack, seems like a perfect opportunity to claim a Greens win, <laughs> given that the Greens have not shut up about this for very long. It is like it is a, cle- a key plank of our platform and something that we talk about all the fucking time. And it's very yeah. clear that this, I think, yeah, is in response to significant public pressure. And a lot of that has come from the Greens. Totally. Um, and so you should like, yeah, it's a great opportunity to be like, look how important the work that we are doing is. Mm. Don't give up but yeah i didn't really see a lot of that well on thursday night at 6 30 eventually adam uh released a statement he at a band that is posted under labor's reheated stage three tax cuts politicians and billionaires get four thousand five hundred dollars a year that's about three times what labor's giving people on middle incomes labor's buckled to pressure from the greens in accepting the inarguable stage three tax cuts are unfair there you go buckle to pressure mm-hmm. from the greens we win yeah. but instead of making real change labor's about to ask middle-income folks to be happy with an extra 15 dollars a week while giving politicians and ceos four thousand five hundred dollars a year now when he says that does he mean 15 dollars a week total or 15 dollars a week more than what they would have got under the last legislated things i don't know i don't know what the maths is maybe he just means total yeah i'm not i'm not quite sure what is the maths on that very quickly uh uh 15 times 52 is about 780 bucks so yeah which is the total amount of tax cuts that some people would be getting yes yeah yeah 
Average rents have gone up almost $100 a week under labor, mortgages nearly $200 a week. The extra $15 a week will get swallowed up by labor's housing and rental crisis. People on JobSeeker are still below the poverty line. Same with people on DSP. Most people on income support will get between nothing and a couple of bucks from these tax cuts. The Greens mm-hmm. will fight for more for everyone who's actually struggling. If there's enough money in the kitty for Labor to give politicians and the wealthy a $4,500 a year tax cut they don't need, then Labor can do more for those doing it tough. Yeah. I mean, look, yes, I. it's easy enough for me to sit here and be like, our response should have been quicker and we could have done this, this and this. But like, you're right, it's hard to message and it happened very quickly mm. and it's like, Yes, how do you use a partial win to motivate rather than de- like demotivate a-, a base into being like, oh, okay, we don't need to care about this so much anymore. And and is it like we up we continue or double down pressure, double down on the fight in relation to these tax cuts in particular, or do we double down on the fight for something else because these this is a distraction uh, or a diversion from what Labor should really be doing? Yeah, I mean, I mean, as you say, claiming the win, right? Pressure works, and you want to see the contrast. Green said these stage three tax cuts sucked from the start. Labor tried as much as possible to defend them, and in fact, Albanese is even saying now, "Hey, if circumstances were different, we would have loved to carry on with the tax cuts as they are." Right? Hmm. So I guess you know, there's there's plenty of attacks and um, what well, just facts that you can point out. You sort of say these are Labor's yeah. priorities. The Greens were here from the start, man. We, we're, we're the OGs. We've, we've always been right mm. on this. So you, well, you should trust us to keep our promises. <laughs> I mean, not to be Queensland-centric uh, and think everything's about me and my state, but I do think it's interesting that, like I think even, yeah, in relation to the, the tax cuts potentially, you know, Queensland Labor has been kind of having a go at the feds as we get closer and closer to the state election where they are very uh, you know, existentially threatened by the Greens in a number of inner city and even kind of just outside the city seats. And now that this change has been made, the new Premier, Stephen Miles, is in the Courier-Mail saying what a great decision this is by Labor. And he was saying something like, oh, there's a lot more millionaires in Sydney than in Brisbane or in Queensland or, in some, or something like that. Um, <laughs> and so I just like I can't help but think that this is another thing that we're seeing Labor do that is – taking little bits or little, you know, making concessions to Greens positions on key issues as we get closer to the Queensland election where the Greens are a real threat. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, yep, Queensland Brady in action. It's I mean, I would us. say like concessions, to, it, this, it's almost like not even concessions to the Greens. It's just concessions to the left and like actual progressive policy, you know what I mean? Well, it's but it's things that make it harder. Sure. Yeah, it's, it th- it's things that make it harder for the Greens to use their key um, attack lines on labor or yeah, right. like key battlegrounds for the greens. Yeah. Um, so, okay. We could be in balance of power. Do you think there's a strategy there? The other thing, I guess, I guess oh, Adam I sort of suge- strategy. <laughs> just suggesting that we'll be fighting for more, for more tax cuts, or you say, Hey, don't give four and a half grand to rich people, but you know, raise our support payments above the poverty line. That would be good. I mean, again, in, in the yeah. press club, I think Albanese was asked about, um, income support payments, and he said, "Oh no, 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 we've we've increased it heaps, and we've actually been making a real difference to people who are struggling, which is just a blatant fucking lie." I don't know. Is it another opportunity to be like, "Yep, if rent freeze, like, is everything just yeah, sure, if rent freeze and cap." Yeah, great. I don't know. Or is it dental into Medicare? Dental into Medicare. 
I mean, I mean, the, again, the, the the challenge really is that we also need to be talking about taxing more. We are one of the lowest taxes countries, yeah. lowest tax countries in the OECD in Australia, right? We are constantly told by rich people at the corporate media that we're being taxed to the hilt. Mm. That's not actually true at all. I do not know of a magical society that has low taxes and amazing public services because it doesn't fucking exist, okay? Yeah. In Scandinavia, where the quality of life is substantially better, it's a much higher tax burden, and, and we have to be unashamedly embracing the idea that taxing wealth, wealth particularly, not just wealth, income yeah. indeed, but wealth, taxing wealth to guarantee a better life for everybody else is good. We don't do it enough in this country, and we should do more of it. I mean, that, that well, that's perhaps yes. the, the biggest you know difference between the Greens and Labor, right? Labor's certainly yeah. not interested in increasing taxes anywhere, well, it seems. Yes. Well, this is some, I think we've maybe spoken about this at some point on the show before, but yes, there's a whole other kind of ideological question around the differentiation between income and, and wealth tax and whether we should even as a socialist party be, you know, whether we should be talking about income tax so much or caring about that so much as we should be really focusing on wealth tax. Yeah. I mean, Albanese mm. used to believe in the Buffett rule, which is like basically a flaw, like a basic level of amount yeah. of tax that everyone should pay, no matter how many deductions mm. you can you can pull out of your ass. Yeah. Of course, he's abandoned that now that he's the prime minister of the country. Um, but it'd be great. But if there is a level of courage that Albanese has found, and I think at the press club again, he said, people are struggling. I'm the prime minister. I'm going to do something about it. You sort of go, you fucking got it. You got it, Albanese. That's absolutely yes. correct. Now do more, please. Yeah, more of that. We'll see. this week i mean on a related level as you say one of the things that labor could be doing instead of just cutting taxes is reducing prices for everyone by for example cutting or regulating the price gouging being brazenly carried out by the major supermarket chains we have the uh, senate inquiry into price gouging by coles and woolies is ongoing and submissions close on the 2nd of february which is i believe this coming friday so you can Make a submission by sharing your supermarket story via the Greens website. There's It's greens.org.au forward slash supermarkets dash story. We'll put the link in the show notes. Um, it's yeah, got to be something bad. You and- can't just tell us a story about the time you went to the supermarket yeah. and had a nice time. Like, like Yeah, and it's probably not real. I mean, you could talk about like, you know, how you go to the supermarket and you're like, oh, I just won't. I'll just leave my pimple cream on this one time. And then you run into, I don't know, you crush like that's, but you know, you had that experience and then you looked at the peanut butter that you always buy and realized that it had doubled in price. And that was really the tipping point. If it's that, you can make that, you can put that in your submission. Um, yes, they close Everyone, this Friday. Do you want to talk? Are you okay? Is that, did something happen to you? I would never you? do that. Okay. I, that's not happened to me. And I would appreciate if you didn't ask me personal questions on the podcast, <laughs> Tom. Okay. Um, it's in my submission. And only this it's between me and the Senate inquiry. <laughs> <laughs> so if I got this right, there's a Senate inquiry, which the Greens secured. Yay. Thumbs up to that. Yay. <laughs> there is also an ACCC inquiry. Oh, yeah, because now everyone's fucking on board. <laughs> and Craig Emerson's oh. been pulled in to review the, the pricing system, like between the farmers and the yeah. duopoly, I guess. I, I guess everyone's also- caught on that the supermarkets suck, yeah. Yeah, so and the state government is also, again, this is another Queensland Labor in, in state government have been like having meetings with them or something and oh, I don't know. Great. Um, but, yes, this is the Senate inquiry that the Greens set up. So pay attention to this one. <laughs> 
Uh, thanks very much for uh, listening to this full big chock-a-block episode after a massive mm-hmm. week. We appreciate it. Fuck the one-star haters. Give us a five-star review. Send us yeah. an email anytime. Hello at seriousdangerpod.com. Uh, suggestions, thoughts, feelings, beliefs, emotions, uh, prizes, anything. Send them through. We'd, uh, we'd love to hear from you. If you don't leave a five-star review, the one-star haters win. Yes. It's like a, you know, like a Democrat's email kind of style <laughs> leave us a review thing if you don't follow us at serious danger au on twitter instagram tiktok and youtube trump wins the trump liberals wins. win um you can find links for all of these things and more at serious danger i think that's it bye bye serious danger australia